It might seem like forever, but it's only been a week. The SBI show is back. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, buddy? Uh, I'm doing all right. Wait, what's your name again? Uh, refresh my memory. I'm it's sorry. only been a week. Take it easy, Ivis. Oh, wait. Oh, Garrett. That's right. Yeah, man. It's been a long time. Feels like Jared. It's been a long as time. people call me, the comments Jared or whatever name they use for me. <laughs> Listen, Gary. All I'm going to say is it's glad, it's glad to have you back. And for the, and for those who who are not aware, uh, Garrett got sick last week. So we we first we put off the show uh, because our buddy Garrett uh, actually got a new job, started a new job. Uh, he is now working for the Arizona team in the USL. For those who are not aware, uh, and uh, so he was busy last week. So we put off the show to the end of the week and. And then lo and behold, Garrett goes and gets sick eating at one of the restaurants he wanted to recommend for me when I was in Phoenix. Yeah, I was feeling really, <laughs> I was feeling really good about myself on Thursday. And it's like, it's, it's the place I was telling you about. It's the Sonoran hot dog place. And it's like a little street vendor. Dude, like five after, hours after I ate that food. Oh my God. It did not come out. It did not come out right on, on both ends. So, I, dude, <laughs> I, I, was, I was hurting bad on Friday. And what uh, made it worse was there was an ice cream party and a pizza party Friday as soon as I left work. I mean, I would have been healthy in two seconds if I knew about that. Well, you know, you got to watch out, man. That's street street food is always a sketchy proposition. And uh, well, it's funny because when I, I tell you what, uh, I had a great time in Phoenix and mm-hmm. I had some really good food. Uh, some places you recommended, and some places I found on my own. And it's just funny that you know one of the places that you said to go to, <laughs> which I didn't go to, turned out to be the one that that knocked you out. I've been there like twenty, thirty times. I I mean, it's it's I. I'm never going back there again. I think it was I, I think it was stress. I think you were stressing over the new job. I think it got to you, and then you know it happens. It happens. Stress can uh, really mess you up physically. So there you go. I guess maybe I don't know. But then I had a hundred degree fever. How do you explain that? It's all, once you listen. You, your body has defense mechanisms that once you, it feels that stress, then it, it you break down. You're That's more true. vulnerable to stuff. So got to take care of yourself, man. You know, and I got I got a tiny body to begin with too. So I mean, I, I can only handle so much. All right, we we we, we don't need all, we don't need the details. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Enough 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 BS, Ivis. Uh, you know, we we got a big show for everyone today since Ivis and I haven't been around in a week. Uh, we're we're gonna recap the previous week's action. We're gonna talk uh, a little European soccer. We're gonna talk Americans abroad. Uh, a little MLS expansion news, MLS player salaries, and some other Major League Soccer news. Before we get into all that, Ivis, we have to recap MLS Week Six. We're gonna start off with Seattle on the road defeating FC Dallas three to two, handing Dallas the first loss on the season. Clint Dempsey with the brace, Ivis. Five goals in two games. You called it. He is finally back. And for Seattle, Ivis, I mean, little shaky first half for them. But, I mean, what an impressive second half for, for the Sounders in this game. Listen, I tried to tell everybody. Did I or did I not? I tried to tell people. Clint Dempsey's going to be all right. Clint Dempsey's starting the heat up. He's rounding into form. And, bam, five goals in two games. He is back. He's crushing it. And it's just funny to me. There are still people, even now after two straight monster games, you get. You know, I tweeted the other night. I said, "Oh, you know, Clint, Clint Dempsey's. Uh, you know, m- maybe the people who who are all on this whole Dempsey slump narrative can finally give up." And then you get a couple of people who are still like, "Yeah, but he's still slumping for the national team." And it's like the national team has played one game in in how many months that he, you know, what I mean, that he's been involved in, and 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 that's a, that counts as a slump. Like, give me a break. Anyway. Seattle, big win for them. Comeback win. Uh, I mean, it looked like it looked like they were going to be the latest team to fall victim to FC Dallas's combination of quality and and fortune because they've had some things go their way this year. 
you know, you had you had that uh, awkward goal. Stefan Fryer had the ball bounce over his head. Yeah. Dallas takes that two one lead, but Clint Dempsey put the team on his back. He drove them. He drove the attack, and they come away with a big win on the road. Things are really coming together for that team, and and Clint Dempsey, you see it, you see the qualities that he brings, and and these aren't this isn't new th- these aren't new things, you know. It, he he's doing a lot of things that he he did last year, but it's just the timings there now. He's really in sync with his teammates, and, and yes. he's in shape. He's re- he's he's rolling right now. Well, I, I think I think you just said it best. In sync with his teammates. I mean, when, when you watch this game, Ivis. I mean, Seattle's, I, and you said it right. I mean, Stephen Fry, his first half was 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 really poor, but I mean, he really improved in the second half. Really kept Seattle in it, and and I, I think you said. I mean, connected with his key teammates. I mean. It, Obi Fabian Martins was everywhere on the field, and if you look at Dempsey's second goal, the, the one that was the match winner, I mean, you look at the combination between Marco Papa and Chad Marshall. I mean, just gorgeous combination play between FC Dallas. I mean, Seattle, man, that that the second half was was about as near perfect as Seattle could play. I think. No, they really turned it on and and, and really uh, asked some questions of that FC Dallas defense. And look, look, FC, not to take anything away from FC Dallas, we're not going to so- suddenly say. That they're not a good team because they blew this lead and 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 gave up three goals to Seattle, uh, but there are some questions to be asked about that defense. And, and obviously they they've gotten by. Matt Hedges has done an outstanding job leading that defense in the absence of George John, but I, they need George John back. I don't know what his status is, but uh, if they're going to be a powerhouse in this league, if they're going to if FC Dallas is going to be one of the top four, three or four teams in the league, they're going to need George John back. And I know they're currently still in first place in the West. But if they're going to hold on to that, once they start playing these tougher teams, they're going to need George John back. Nothing against Stephen Keel, but he, you know, it, it, you're talking about a different class of defender with George John in there. John and Hedges together can be one of the better uh, center back tandems in the league. I think they're missing John, uh, and uh, you know, I think they'll be all right. I think they'll, they'll they'll rebound. They're still a good team, one of the better teams. But for me, their defense as it stands right now, as constituted. There's still some questions. Well, I think it also didn't help that, you know, going into the win in the second half, I mean, you could just tell that FC Dallas just couldn't connect anything after the first half where they looked pretty good. Right. Well, I'd look, and, and, and talk about Seattle. Uh, you, the, the passing was there, the, the, the combination play. They're, they're starting to get to getting to be an understanding. And, and, you know, not all the teams that have, have had major overhauls uh, hit the ground running and have had nothing go wrong. I mean, I think, I think all the teams, even the ones that – you know, a lot of these teams that had uh, roster makeovers started off well, but now they're starting to hit, you know, hit 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 slumps here and there, and starting to have the growing pains. You're gonna have that, but I'll tell you this: Seattle, they're really starting to come together. I think their defense is settling in. Now they had their issues. Stephen Fry had some problems. DeAndre Yedlin uh, definitely struggled in this match. And, and to be fair to him, mm-hmm. uh, it, it seemed like FC Dallas was overloading his side of the field. I think I think people saw that. It saw the Portland game and saw what Portland was able to do to cause problems for Yedlin. And and I know people are there's a lot of Yedlin bashing going on right now. It's like the honeymoon's over because he had some struggles. But you always have to look at it in the context of the entire game and and the way opponents are going after them. Now, yes, he had some issues. He did draw the he did you know foul you know throw an elbow. Well, that, whatever but, that you want. St- but that started with poor positioning on his part too. Right. He's I mean, gonna look. No one's saying he's the finished product yet. He's 20 years old. He's still young, right? But you know, you have to also look at how his teammates are working with him. And I, I don't think – I think that still needs to be sorted out. And obviously they miss Brad Evans. Brad Evans is not there. Uh, I think once they get him back, that's going to help settle things down a bit. Uh, but they look, they're, they're playing great even without Evans. I mean, they got another W. Obafemi Martins and Clint Dempsey are really starting to develop a good understanding of each other. And if those two guys can really click 
as an attacking duo, I mean, it's gonna, there's not going to be many teams that can deal with that. Oh, I, I agree. And, and I, I'll back up what you said. I mean, F- FC Dallas is still a good team, but, I mean, Seattle is just – they were just the better team on Saturday. Uh, moving on to another game, Ivis, you were, you were at this one. Real Salt Lake played Philadelphia Union to a 2-2 draw. Real Salt Lake, uh, I mean, they're still undefeated on the season, but once again, they get, give up a late goal. Uh, Marisa Du, just gorgeous header late in the game. Moments before Kyle Beckerman did score what would have been – the, the game winner, but I mean, I was from, from the get go. I mean, this game went about a million miles an hour the, the entire 90 minutes. Oh, it was good stuff, good action, good back and forth. You know, Real Salt Lake, even though they were on the road, they did find some good chances, really tested Zach McMath. And, and, I, and I definitely want to say that Zach McMath is playing really, really well. Uh, as much as, you know, they, they haven't had the shutouts, they, they've been giving up goals as a team, especially late goals. He is a goalkeeper. He's really, really maturing, really coming into his own. And I don't know if he gets enough credit for that. I think, you know, the, the problem, one of the issues I see with McMath is that he's still judged on the struggles that he had in his first year, year and a half as a starter. And we're talking, the guy was 20 years old as a starting goalkeeper in MLS, and he obviously had growing pains. He obviously had his issues and his ups and downs and his shaky moments, his blunders. He had that. But I tell you what, the goalkeeper that we've seen from the second half of last season, to now, and especially now, the start of the 2014 season, he is playing like one of the best goalkeepers in the league. And, he, and I think he he deserves more credit. I think the fans in Philly are starting to come around and realize, like, hey, this guy's the real deal. And, and it's interesting because it's all happening with the union having drafted Andre Blake number one overall. We're talking about a, a once-in-a-generation talent, and, and there was so much made of that. But you know what? That has has obviously sparked something in McMath. I had a chance to talk to him after the game on Saturday, and he 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 he's just he's just more mature. You just see it. You just see the. You can just tell the confidence. You can tell the maturity. And and, and that comes you know as a goalkeeper. The more games you get, the more reps you get, uh, the more polished you are as a player. So he he's coming into his own. I, I definitely wanted to touch on that. But come on, Philly, what is the deal with the late goals? It's unbelievable. They've played some of the best soccer in the league, in my opinion. Uh, so far this season, right? The first month or so of the season. But they keep blowing leads. They you keep mean, you mean Real up. Salt Lake? No, Philly. Philly. We're talking about the quality of soccer. No, I'll get to Real Salt Lake Okay. Later. But Philly, I think people who don't watch them play and just see the scores and see the results, they might think, oh, it's Philly. It's Philly being Philly. They're giving up late leads. They're mediocre. Uh, but no, folks, this team plays – has. Uh, they're playing a different level of soccer than they've ever played. Uh, the technical quality, the, the additions of, of Marisa Du, Noguera, uh, and, and your boy, Leo Fernandez, who's been, who's uh, him, I'd say him and Quincy Amariqua are, are the two co front runners for most improved player. Uh, but Philly is playing some great soccer, but something happens when it gets to the 80th minute of a game and they just. They let up. They still sh- they show their immaturity. They, they they whether it's that or lack of focus, they just make these mistakes. They just make these breakdowns. I mean, it ha- it's happened in four of the six games this year. Think about that. Four of the six games that you know where they you know Chicago. It just happened last week against Chicago. It happened again here uh, against RSL. It happened against Portland in the opener. Uh, but you know what? If anything, if you're Philly, you got to be pretty happy that the way they responded and for them to come right back down. Marisa do get that 90th minute goal. And how perfect was that? The story, the big storyline coming into this game, 
Kyle Breckerman, Maurice Sidhu, and what do you know? They both score goals in the in the final ten minutes. Well, do you think a part of that is? I mean, this, this Philadelphia team. We saw them last year. I mean, they were a team that was just on the brink of a playoff spot. I mean, is this team still learning how to win, or are they still learning how to gel together? Because there are a lot of new faces on the Union this year. I mean, you mentioned one, Vincent Noguera, Maurice Sidhu. I mean, Leo Fernandez. I mean, these guys weren't weren't there last year contributing for this team. Right. I mean, I think there is something to be said for new faces. And look, Austin Berry. Austin Berry played. He, he obviously yep, had, a rough, right. he had a rough day. He had a rough day at the office. But And we know he's better than he showed in that game. Uh, but you have a few different players. Uh, Fernandez was there last year, but obviously he was a bit player. He he, he didn't really play much. Uh, but now you have the, you know, those new faces, and now you have Andrew Wenger. Andrew Wenger, the big trade for Jack McInerney that really shocked everybody. And I'll tell you what, I'll say this about Andrew Wenger. Andrew Wenger looks like a different player already. He, you know what? He looks like somebody yeah. who is very relaxed, someone who who is playing free, like playing like he like he got out of jail. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's just different. Uh, you know, when I, I'd see him in Montreal, I'd see a guy who would press, who press way too much. Like he, like you could tell, he was really trying too hard, and he would just make mistakes, not finish chances that he should finish. And on Saturday, I mean, the guy's trying moves here and there. He he scores the nice goal. He hit you rocketed one off the crossbar. I mean, he he looks confident. He looks happy and relaxed. And I tell you what, that if he can play with that kind of confidence, he is going to score goals with that midfield that Philly has. He is going to have a field day. I, and I tell you what, uh, you know, given the fact that McInerney also scored for Montreal, it's looking at it's looking, and then it's only one game for each guy. Yeah, you know, so so we don't want to get too crazy. But you know what? There's something to be said for. Uh, a change of scenery helping guys. Well, I, and, thought, I thought it was yeah. funny that, that I mean, Andrew Winger scored literally about probably like 30 seconds after Jack Backer already scored for Montreal. That I thought that was just very, very funny. Yeah, no, no, no it, it was hilarious. But uh, you know what? <laughs> I, it, I, I will say this. I just finished writing a column for goal on Beckerman and Adu. That was obviously the matchup everyone wanted to talk about. And I got to say, it was crazy how they both played really well. That's not surprising. But the but like they the, the the it's it's like they mirrored each other in a lot of ways and you you can read about it on Monday if you if you go to goal you can check it out uh, and some of the stats it was, it was pretty crazy how, how similar they were uh, and I had a chance to talk to both those guys and there's so much made about is it going to come down to one or the other one or the other one or the other for the World Cup uh, and that, that's not necessarily the case you could see both there and uh, the way they're playing right now if they keep it going. I think you could absolutely see both those guys at the World Cup. I I concur with you on that exactly, Ivis. And I agree with you also on Ender Winger. I mean, with the midfield Philadelphia has, I mean, how just that ball by Vincent O'Gara was just absolutely oh. beautiful to the back post where Winger was it, that was just it was just gorgeous. Unbelievable. It was it was one of the I actually call I named it uh, co-pass of the week. There was one other pass in the league. Which one was that? It was it, comparable. We'll get we'll talk about it later when we get to the game. I won't spoil it. Now, but I'll just say yes. It was an unbelievable pass, and, and and listen, we should talk about Real Salt Lake. I know you no longer work for them, so you probably don't want to talk. <laughs> I do. You don't want to. You don't want to talk about them. But we should. You know, look, we got to give them some credit. Uh, you know, they they went on the road missing. Look, they were missing Nick Romando. They were missing Luis Gill. They're obviously missing. You know, Robbie Finley, who's got a long term injury. So they, they've got they got their share of injuries, and they still. You know what? They they they're just rolling. They get the road point. I know they're gonna feel like oh, you know, we could have had all three giving up the 90th minute goal but you know it's just so businesslike and Javier Morales uh, another outstanding game for him you could probably argue he, argue he was the man of the match overall 
but they're just they're just rolling, and they keep bringing players. They keep finding these guys. Adding like Luke, Luke Mulholland. Yeah, I was gonna say Luke Mulholland's been pretty good the last couple of weeks for RSL right now. Outstanding, and and you know Garth Lagerwey snatches them up out of the NASL. Uh, and, From Tampa and Bay. Fi- yeah, another gem. He finds another gem. Luke Mulholland scores. He's been outstanding for them. Uh, so the the depth there is impressive, and I tell you what, as much as yeah, you know they've gotten these draws here and there, uh, but with the players that are getting playing time now and getting experience now, when you get to later in the season, that's going to come in handy because you need that depth. You need that depth on the bench. Uh, you need that depth later in the season when you want to be able to rest guys and you want to have confidence and faith in guys. And also, you consider, you know, Nick Romando is going to go to the World Cup. Kyle Breckman probably is going to go to the World Cup. Uh, you know, so they're, they're, Al- Alvaro Saborio is going to go to the World Cup. So, you know, they're going to be missing guys. Tony Dolchan, it, it could possibly, outside chance, long mm. shot, go to the World Cup. I'm not saying he will, but I'm just saying they're going to be missing a handful of guys. And, you know, some other teams would absolutely be in trouble missing those guys. Yeah, I but I tell you what, this team, they're going to be all right. Well, it's because they do the little things. I mean, look at Luke Mulholland finishing up that, that penalty kick that Zach McMath blocked on Alvaro Sabarillo. I mean, it, dude, the little things go a long way, Ivis. He scores the opening goal, just beautiful shot. That's what RSL does. A lot of teams don't do that, but that's why RSL's good. Also, third line team that's undefeated left in the league uh, through the first six games of the season. Moving on to the next game, Ivis, I'm curious if your other co-pass of the week was in this one. Portland, Chivas USA, 1-1 draw. Portland, Ivis, in the first half, much more efficient from them. They attacked with urgency, moved the ball quickly, and then all of a sudden... Something happened in the second half, and Chivas USA really gave it to Portland in this one. Uh, Darlington Nagby, the pass to Will Johnson was just dirty. But, uh, I mean, Portland <laughs> at home, I mean, letting Chivas really kind of boss them around in the second half? What's up with that? Yeah, it was a little surprising, I got to say. And, yes, that, and yes, the Darlington Nagby I knew pass it. was the co-pass I knew of the it. week. Along the pass with was Vincent. dirty. It, it, it was it was it was very uh, it was very Barcelona esque, very oh, Inye- stop it. very very Xavi and Iniesta like. Uh, look, Nagby's Nagby can do more than just run at people. He, he can he, he's technically he's technically gifted. He, I don't think people realize just how what a well just complete package of a player Nagby is. But look, Portland they got they gotta be worried because they keep dropping points at home. It's not a good look for them. Their defense is still, you know, making mistakes at the wrong time. Obviously, Caleb Porter, you know, he he went with the all Gambia uh, center back tandem, and and you know what, they only gave up one goal, so it's not like they got ripped ripped apart. But you know what, you got to be able to win these games at home. And uh, while they did show some quality, obviously in the first half, I thought they really did well. It, it was definitely surprising to see Chivas have as much of the, uh, of the play in the second half as they did. And uh, you know, it, one of the for me, one of the hopefully it, it ends up not being too serious, but one of the more worrying parts of that second half was seeing Tommy McNamara go down uh, with what looked like it could be a serious knee injury, yep. and, and and that'd be so unfortunate. He was actually having an outstanding yep. game. I mean, I think he was like 33 of 34 passing. Uh, you know, he he was on fire. He was feeling him. He was feeling it, and and then he just his knee gives out. You know, I'm not going to get into the whole thing about turf and was it the turf? You know, obviously the people that you know the the turf at Providence Park is supposed to be some of the best in the league. So you know what? Could that or could that not have happened on grass? I'm not going to get into all that, but I would say this: if he did blow out his knee, that'd be just such a sad. Uh, state of affairs because McNamara I mean he was a candidate for rookie of the year he was looking like he could be a candidate I mean let's face it not many teams are playing rookies 
but he was definitely one of the ones that was impressing early on, and, and that would be such a huge blow to a Chivas USA team that's playing better than he played last year. And, and, and if they lose him, that's that's going to be a big one. Well, okay, and I know I completely agree. I mean, the move he did right before he got hurt with the the, the little the cut when he cut the two defenders was, was – and you and I have been – it was nice, but you and I have been raving about uh, Tommy McNamara over the last couple of weeks just about how good and how important he's been for Chivas USA. But, I mean, looking back at this game, I, was, I mean, kind of what really surprised me about Portland was – Around like the 70th minute mark, I mean, their man-to-man marking in, in the final third was just atrocious. There was a free kick uh, in the 75th minute. Carlos Bocanegra was unmarked on the back post. And then you look at the goal. Uh, I mean, I can't remember the Portland. I can't remember who, who was defending there. But, but I mean, there's a guy that cut in, and, and he didn't even challenge the defender, uh, the Chivas USA guy in the touchline. It's just Portland. I mean, I was, the last 20 minutes, I mean, their defense just, just fell apart. I mean, what, what, what is going on? I don't know. And I got to tell you, even Pa Moduka, who, who was outstanding for them last year, I mean, he got caught ball watching on that equalizer. And, and that's and what it was. That, that's that's got to worry you because, you know what? He's supposed to be your rock. He's supposed to be the guy that you can count on to just deliver every single game, not make mistakes. He's got to be your anchor. And then you figure out what's going to happen with, with, with Danzo and, and with Paparato. So if, you, if I'm Caleb Porter right now, I'm, I'm, I'm saying to myself, you know what? I have to. You know, do I go with Paparato? It's tough. Do I go with Paparato, who's had his shaky moments, or do I go with Danzo, who, you know, is a little more steady, doesn't give you the possession? Uh, I tell you what, man, Portland might have to go shopping again in the in the summer and get themselves another center back because if Paparato can't get the job done, and, and look, it's early still, maybe he could work things out. Maybe he'll still be a, a good option for them, but they need to sort that out because I think they're going to score goals. I think Portland's going to be okay because I think they're going to score goals. I think their defense will settle down a bit. Uh, they need Ricketts to get back to, to 2013 Superman Donovan Ricketts. That, that, that's what I don't think people realize is that, you know, as good a year as Portland had last year, their defense was really covered and really saved by Ricketts having a monster year. I mean, he really covered up for a lot of issues that the defense had. And obviously – Porter was aware of that, and that's why he got, you know, he traded away Andrew Job Baptiste. He he went and got Paparato. So obviously he was aware that things needed to be changed there. But hey, signings don't always work out. Paparato has been shaky early on. Maybe it's early to write him off completely, but if he doesn't shake things, if he doesn't, you know, get his act together and and, and if he doesn't turn out to be the guy that Portland w- was hoping he would be when they signed him. They're going to have to go get somebody. They're going to have to go hit the market, hit the transfer market, and find themselves a center back because you are not going to win a title uh, with the kind of def- defense defend and the defending that we're seeing right now for Portland. Heck, you might not even make the playoffs. I, I'm not going to say they're not going to. They're going to make the playoffs. In my opinion, they'll be fine from that standpoint. But Portland going into this year wasn't about making the playoffs. Portland this year was about winning a title, and if they're going to win one, they need the defense to straighten out. No, I agree. And I, a lot of things also haven't gone Portland's way. I think they lead the league and hit posts. I mean, Will Johnson, I mean, that free kick that he had, how did that, just unfortunate for him. He had a monster game in this one. I think things will eventually work out for Portland. But at home, with the lead, you got to put out Chivas USA. Uh, moving over to another game, Ivis. D.C. at home defeated the New York Red Bulls. Think about this. This is the first time D.C. United has won back-to-back matches since October 2012. Uh, I mean, New York, Ivis, I mean, Henri had a monster game. He he has no supporting cast around him. But for New York, though, Ivis, I mean, the wheels, they keep coming off here. 
I think we're going to do a drinking game now. Everyone should drink anytime Garrett says monster. Let's just do that. I think I've maybe said uh, twice in this show. I don't think I've ever said it before. You said it at least three times this show. I, I always uh, say, like, there's always one word that I repeat multiple times in one show. What's that? I don't know. Sometimes, like, you know, some shows it's, like, dirty. Some shows it's legit. Some shows it's, like, sick. I guess this show's monster. I agree with you. You say that a lot. You say that actually. You say that a lot. Which one? All <laughs> you, say, I, you say I agree with you. You oh. say the phrase I agree with you. you say well, that I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, that's in my contract. I'm. I'm <laughs> what people don't understand. Uh, what nice. people don't understand is Ivis made me sign a contract with him, and I have to agree with him on eighty percent of the things that I say on this show. Look, so. I, you absolutely do not. I, you know what? I go ahead. Don't lie, Ivis. Come on, just tell everyone yeah. the contract is. I would love it if you disagree, because then we could debate. I, I'm all for that. You know, I love to debate, so we can do that anytime you want. The problem is I debate and then you just be like, Garrett, shut up, you're wrong, and then, and then we move on. <laughs> and every, and, I, and Garrett, everyone who's listening to the show is like, yeah, that, that's pretty much how the arguments go. <laughs> I never tell you to shut up. But I might it, tell it's, you it's you're implied. wrong. Yeah, but come on, it's the, the way you imply it. It's very, it's very. All mean. right. I mean, all I, right. you know, come on, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm from the West Coast. It's more chill, laid back. You know, I mean, we don't, we don't, we don't have to deal with you East Coast, uptight. You know, everything's cold. Life is. Blah, blah, blah. We gotta wear suits every day. Crap. What? You make no sense right now. I think you're still sick. I think whatever you had that was bothering your stomach has now gotten to your head. No, it's, anyway. just, it's just really late. <laughs> yeah. It's 4 a.m. It's 3.30 where I am, and you're complaining. It's but anyway, past let's get back time. to it. <laughs> let's get back to it. All right. D.C. New York. Uh, yeah, you know, look, the Red Bulls, they created chances. Uh, the, the quality is, look, Henri is Henri. He can still do pretty impressive things he can do pretty special things but the rest of the team around him just isn't all that special and uh you know what they i I'm, i've said it i feel like i'm beating a dead horse with this i'm just not impressed with their bench and i just think they're they're paying the i think they're gonna pay the price and they already have started i think they're paying the price for not doing a better job of, of improving their bench improving their roster i think they got a little whether it's because they were constrained by the salary cap or because they felt you know we're we're going to be okay. We got a good squad. We won the supporter shield. We don't need to change too much. And if that was the thinking, that was the wrong way to think because they really overachieved last year. They 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 had a lot of players play to the utmost maximum ability, uh, and, and to expect so many players to do that again was just unrealistic. So I think right now, I mean, first of all, it's crazy that uh, Portland and New York, two best records in the league last year, are combined. Oh four and uh, eight, which is crazy. They, they don't have a win between them. Uh, I like Portland's chances going forward more than New York's because, you know, as we said, their bench not that impressive. Who's going to partner with Henri? Who's going to be the guy to take some of the pressure off? Who's going to be the guy to finish some of the chances that he creates? Because uh, right now, I don't see who who that's going to be. I know Tim Cahill is going to, you know, you'd like to think he's going to be healthy and come back and be okay. But hey, he's going to be going to the World Cup. You know, he's going to he's going to be gone for a while. Uh, and and without him, I tell you what, Henri is going to Henri is not going to be happy because I just don't see the other players on this roster picking up the slack. What could New York do? I mean, do they need an outside? I mean, do they need just need a really dynamic wing player? I mean, it just looks like no, they I mean, need a playmaker. What do you mean? Winger? They well, need I, a, I don't mean what, what do they, they what, need? What does an New attacking, York need? Well, they need a few things. They need. An, but number one, they need an attacking midfielder. They need someone to create, someone to take the creative pressure off of Terry Henry. Henry should not be the one to have to create. He should be the one running on the passes, finishing. He He's a striker, right? I mean, obviously, he can. He has enough quality that he can drop back and set and, and create chances for other people. But it's clear these people cannot finish for him. So if they're not going to finish for him, then you go get yourself a playmaker. It's easy. I think it's easier to get yourself a playmaker 
an attacking midfielder, uh, than a money striker. He is still a money striker. So I think I think they need to, and I think they will go get an attacking midfielder this summer. They have his designated player slot available. Mm-hmm. They have to use it. They have to go get a playmaker. And even with that alone, I don't think that's enough because Henri obviously can score goals, but they need to go get another forward. I mean, who? Bradley Wright Phillips, is he, is he the answer? I, I I don't know if he's the answer. I, I, he hasn't really shown me that much. It, Peggy Luyendula, I mean, I, there was, I mean, it was just funny to me how much talk there was about, about how good he's going to be and what he can bring to the table. I haven't seen it, right? I haven't seen it at all. I, I just don't think I just don't think he's that good. So for me, this year you've had two guys really carry their weight. You, Luis Robles in goal and Lloyd Sam on the wing. That's it. And no one else I, – I, when you look at look this scope from top to bottom, who do you say is really – either playing up to their ability or above their ability. None, only those two guys. And if you're only going to have two guys do that, it's going to be a long year. Uh, look at that, dude. Luis Robles, Arizona boy. That's what, that's what Arizona does, dude. Produces hey, he, good players. He made a, he made the SBI uh, best 11 for the month of March. He was for, and as much as I know some folks in Real Salt Lake were like, what are you talking about? Nick Romando, Nick Romano. I love Nick. Nick Romano's great. But for me, Luis Robles, the, what, what he did in March was pretty outstanding. But again, it, it, I don't. It's going to be a long year, man. And I said it in when we did our preview in the pre, in the preseason. When we did our our season preview, I said this could be a rough year for this team because of this very fact. Could they turn things around? Sure, maybe. I don't see it happening. Uh, DC though, Ivis signs of improvement or just fortunate that they met New York at the right time. I mean, let's face it, they were outplayed, right? I mean, even Ben Olsen said, like, you know, Red Bulls were the better team. So, it, it, you know what? It might be a little bit of fool's gold. It's still, you know, I don't want to rain on their parade. I don't want anyone thinking, oh, like, I hate DC. And this. But let's look at these two games now. Two-game winning streak. You're always going to take those no matter how they come. They played a, a New England team that was just in a funk. No doubt. And there's no other way to say it. That New England team was in a, in a funk. And even with that, it took, you know, a pretty amazing own goal from Jose Gonzalez to even get – uh, DC on the board. DC on the board. So okay, you get that win. Not all that impressive. Then you get the Red Bulls, who out who outplay you. Had tons of chances. Had had the better of the play, and by all accounts, were the better team on the day. But they couldn't finish. So for me, DC United has yet to put together the kind of game that makes you say, "Whoa, this team is legit. This is a playoff team." I haven't seen it yet. Wins are wins, right? You always take them. They count in the standings. They don't expire. They don't go away. But statement victories uh, really show the quality that you have. They don't have that yet. And once they show one of those, once they put together a 90, that shows you their attack is there, their defense is there, there's the balance, there's the understanding. Once you see that, then you can start talking about it. But until we see that, me personally, I'm not buying. I hope DC fans crush you after listening to this show. I'm keeping it real, folks. I'm ke- hey, just listen. You say same- okay. You say that all the time, keeping it real. Well, uh, well this, that's I'll, like your, that look, is your catch. I will just remind the folks in DC that you got on me when I told you 2013 was going to be a rough year. You got on me when I said, you know what? I think you're going to take a step back. Look what happened. So I'm just it, it, when I when I see it when I see it. I will say it. 
and I haven't seen it yet from Disney. Yeah, we don't even mean about it, Ivis. Uh, moving on to another game. Colorado on the road defeated Toronto FC without some of their star players. 1-0. to zero. Think about this. Edson Buttle, 99th career goal. If he's, Once he gets 100, he'll be the 8th player all-time in Major League Soccer to score 100 career goals. But for Colorado Ivis to go on the road, regardless if Toronto FC was missing Michael Bradley uh, and Jermaine Defoe, I mean, to go on the road, get a victory, that's big for Colorado. Look, they're going to take it, but let's let's be honest, right? I mean, Toronto FC missing a bunch of guys, uh, Bradley, Defoe, Osorio. Uh, it, was, it was always going to be tough. The Rapids are a good team. They're so, they're a deep team. It's unbelievable. How I feel like they have a forty player roster because every week it's like new players that just emerge and and give them give them production. So you know what? Credit to Pablo Mastroeni. He got them got them the W. Uh, you know, is is it a win that you're saying? Oh, they they really really impressed me. I, I wouldn't go that far, but you know what? Road wins are always so tough to get. Uh, so for them to get that win, and for Edson Butler, look, he is a guy who. You know, as you mentioned, the 99 goals, right? He has scored goals in this league. He has been a star forward in this league. Uh, and if they can get him going, if they can get him to kind of recapture the Edson Buttle glory days, then, man, Colorado is so stacked between him, Gabby Torres, Deshaun Brown. I mean, they're they're just they're going to have so many weapons. It's, it's going to be crazy. So uh, I think, if anything, that the three points are big, obviously, but getting Edson Buttle on the board – Hopefully, getting him to kind of recapture that 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 hunger for the goal, that's big for them because they, I mean, they're already deep. But if they can add, if they can add him being a consistent goal threat, then you're talking about Colorado being a real contender for a top five spot in the West. Oh, I, I think I agree, but I mean, they brought in Zabot over last year. He did score five goals, but didn't just provide that that impact that that they needed. I, I guess that's what they were hoping before, but I mean. But you still talk about the performance out of the youngsters. I mean, Dylan Powers. I mean, what a, what another money game from him. He was okay. He was good. Uh, for me, Jose Jose Mari, I thought played really well uh, for Colorado. And obviously, you know, everyone saw the goals that he scored before the the two big goals to beat Vancouver. But what we saw this weekend, I thought, was a really complete game for him. He was all over the field. He does. He's more than just someone who's going to just jump, run on the field, and score a goal for you. He can do the dirty work. He can get all over the field. He can create. He can also defend. He he. he for me, he's, he looks like he could be a very dynamic player. Uh, I was moving on to some other games before we move on to some other topics. New England at home defeated Houston Dynamo 2-0. to zero. Uh, New England much more improved in this game. I, I think the 2-0 scoreline is a little misleading. The second goal came at the very end when Tally Hall had to run out and clear one. But for New England, though, I mean, dude, they'll, they'll take any positive result. And, and for them to be at home, to shut out Houston, that's huge for them right now. Right. I mean, they're going to take the win, especially as bad years as it's been for them. I mean, they'd only had one goal scored by their actual players uh, before this weekend. So I think that was huge for them. And look, you got to feel good for Kevin Alston. Uh, I mean, talk about a guy yeah. who's been through so much with, uh, you know, being sick and having to, you know, get treatment and not play and, and, and then to come back and kind of be on the bench after having been a, a regular starter early on in his career, you know, you had questions about would he ever get it back? Would he ever, uh, you know, get back to being a starter and being back to back to being one of the better fullbacks in the league, which he was, you know, in the first first few years of his career. So to see him score his first professional goal is huge. Uh, it, it, it makes you just feel great because, I mean, we're talking about uh, not only a good player, but a, just a class act, uh, you know, one of the nicest guys you'll meet in the league. 
So uh, that's why you saw the reaction that you did uh, for him. Because, and look, obviously we're talking about a guy who you didn't know if he'd play again, right, uh, with, with his – uh, you know, with his illness, you know, was, was he was he going to be able to come back? And and now he's made it all the way back. Uh, and look, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, w- when you're talking about, uh, you know, what he's having to deal with. But it, it's great, great, great to see him score a goal. LA Galaxy uh, at home defeated the Vancouver Whitecaps one to zero. Obviously, these two teams will play against each other this upcoming Saturday. Uh, but LA Galaxy, Robbie Keane getting the victory at home as as expected over Vancouver. Uh, <laughs> what, what what can we say about this game? I mean, you tell me. I'll let, I'll let you talk about this game. Uh, I mean, LA won. I mean, the the midfield just. <laughs> defi- I mean, the, the I mean, what was it to say? I mean, LA at home is going to defeat Vancouver. It's as simple as that. That's all you got. All right. Well, look. I, I tell you well, what. We, my, we, I, we, we don't want to talk about this game. I mean, these these are quick hits, Ivis. I mean, we we got to keep this show going here. I mean, I'm I'm setting you up for the home runs here. I want to talk about every position in this game. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I will say this: Ishizaki looks like the real deal and it, it's so funny because look bruce arena's done it before he, he's found gems uh it's what he does uh but ishizaki if he if he can be the, the kind of player that he's shown these last couple weeks uh I, the, you know what la is is going to be a really really tough team to deal with obviously robbie Keane already you, you you know you argue you can argue he's the best attacking player in the league best overall player in the league he's such a handful then you have landon donovan but if you can, if Ishizaki can give them the uh, that kind of uh, midfield spark that he's been giving them these last few weeks, uh, the Galaxy attack is going to be really, really fun to watch. Are you done with your snack there, buddy? Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're going to keep going. Uh, Chicago, Ivis, and uh, Montreal Impact, they played to a 1-1 draw. We already mentioned it before, Jack McNerney getting a goal. Uh, from Montreal Impact in his debut. And uh, look at it, Ivis. My guy, we already talked about it. Uh, Quincy Armico. Oh, my God. I can't. I'm going to butcher your last <laughs> name. I can't even say it right now. Uh, he, he scored a goal for the Chicago Fire uh, in this one. But, um, I mean, these two teams, Ivis, it's going to be a long struggle for them throughout the entire season. It's going to be a rough year. It's going to be a rough year. And it's funny because I used to say Quincy Amariqua. I Thank said you. that. Amariqua. Amariqua. Thank you. I, no, but listen to me. So I said I thought it was Quincy Amarqua for the first hour, two, three years he was in the league, and then like I feel like earlier this year or at some point recently, I started hearing Amariqua. So I mean, I gotta ask him. I don't really know. Maybe someone who listened to the show can get a definitive answer on that. Amariqua or Amarqua. Um, but I would say the guy is playing some great. I mean, he's playing great. And and you're talking about a guy who's been a journeyman. Uh, through his career, just a you know guy off the bench, give you a few minutes, but this year he has turned it on, and he has been a handful. I feel like every single game, um, and and that spark that he's been providing, it's kind of helped Chicago get some results. You know, to get some draws. They've continued to keep keep getting draw, 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 draw. Uh, you you want to know when they're going to turn it around and start getting some W's, but. Uh, he, for me, one of the, you know, you could argue front runner for most improved player. It, look, it's April, right? It's early. But if you, you know, most Chicago fans, I'm sure coming into the season wouldn't, would not have penciled him in to be the most impressive attacking player on this team. And that's exactly what he's been through the first month of the season. Uh, it's Ameriqua. That's what it is. Like Ameriqua the Beautiful? I, I guess. But there's a, there's a video on YouTube that I usually I usually check out, make sure I always get his name right. But I didn't have enough time for today's show. That's why I butchered that. But you know what? I don't feel like cleaning it up. We'll, we'll, we'll keep the authenticity of today's show, Ivis. Yes. Yes. Keeping it real. Yeah. Uh, in the final game of the weekend, San Jose 
uh, and Columbus Crew played to a 1-1 draw. Federico Higuain, gorgeous goal from him. Chris Wondolowski scores the equalizer in, in the second half. Uh, and, and then for Columbus, I, just, I mean, you know, going against San Jose in San Jose, very tough for them to walk away with a point. You know, I think they'll be a little disappointed, but I guess they could be a little happy with the result. Uh, Columbus will take the draw. Uh, San Jose, they're in, uh, you know what? I don't. They do not look like a playoff team for me uh, in the West. I mean, as tough as stacked as the West is, uh, just seeing what some other teams have done and been able to do, I just think they're. I just think they're a notch below that. I think they're six or seven other teams that I just don't see them getting ahead of. And uh, you know, I don't know what's going to change that. You know, are they going to do something this summer? Are they going to go get get a you know spend some money on a designated player? Uh, I don't know what they're going to do, but I just you know what. It, Early on, I just don't see it. And especially now, if you think about it, if they lose Wondolowski, Clarence Goodson, uh, Victor Bernardes for the World Cup, uh, I mean, things are going to get even worse for them. Because, I mean, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it. And as for Columbus, look, they're going to love taking that road point. Uh, and they might even feel like they could have had all three. Um, they, it, you know what? I like what I see from that team. I like what I see from that team. And they really, really... For me, they look like a playoff team. Absolutely. Uh, Ivis, well, that, that's MLS Week 6. Before we move on, do you have, do you have any comments on, on anything from the weekend before we move on? Uh, before, before I repeat myself again for the third time? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm trying to think. I think we touched on all, on, on all of it. Uh, it wasn't as – there weren't as many goals this week as, as the week before. But, no. uh, you know, there were some pretty good games. As I thought the Seattle uh, FC Dallas game was pretty good. RSL uh, Philly I thought was a pretty good contest. So on a beautiful, beautiful day. In PPL Park, I mean, you had you had it's that it's just a beautiful building. Uh, it's definitely worth the two-hour drive down there. Uh, whenever I can get down there uh, to see them play a good opponent, uh, but I think I think we covered it all, man. Even though you know you've been gone, we, we we've been gone for a week. I feel like mm-hmm. uh, you know we you know what actually there's still a ton to talk about. So I'm sure you have the list. So let's get to it. Yeah, I thought this past weekend was a Monster weekend of action. Uh, Ivis, before, <laughs> let's move on to more Monster. Uh, general Major League Soccer news. Uh, came out this past week that uh, Major League Soccer Commissioner Don Garber has been diagnosed with prostate cancer. Uh, it came out in a release that he's undergone a series of tests and that the cancer has not spread from the prostate gland, which is great news. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's it's very bad news to hear he has cancer, but it looks like he's expected to make a full recovery. So, you know, we wish him a speedy recovery. As everyone could say, I mean, he's been great for the league, and uh, and we hope everything, uh, the recovery and, and treatment and, and all that goes well for him. Right. I mean, you, you obviously want to wish him well. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's really helped the league go from almost being on its deathbed to, to being a thriving, thriving league. And, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, it sounds like he's going to be fine. He's going to make a speedy recovery. And, uh, you know, it's scary to think what would, what the league would do without him. So, uh, you know, you want to yep. wish him well and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully he beats it pretty easily. I, I agree. Uh, also, what came out last week, I guess, Major League Soccer Union released player salaries. Very uncomfortable day for everyone around the locker room. Anything stand out to you when you looked at the list? Uh, there were no surprises. I mean, it, it, I got to I got to dig into that list a little more. Uh, but you know, I I don't know. I, I don't know if there are any any real surprises in that list. Well, who, who did did you find any that were surprising? Uh, I, I saw some of the young players. Some some guys are starting to get paid. Some young players that are that are being signed. Uh, you know, I, I'm always kind of indifferent. I, I understand why they release the salaries to the professional athletes. People want to know. I, I get it. I, I'm not in favor of it, 
I always think it's kind of weird just to say like, oh, that guy only makes that much money. That's that's weird. But I mean, I mean, are you okay with the list being being released every every, every few months? Yeah, why not? Like, I don't get it. Like, pro sport that's happened in pro sports forever. People know what these guys make, and uh, you know what? It's crazy. What's funny to me is that. Uh, players are making more now than they used to make. So it's like it's funny to hear people say, oh, this is uncomfortable in the locker room. Like, But the guys actually make more money now than they used to make. I mean, it used to be pretty ridiculous what, what some of the players would make. Uh, so you know what? Whether or not the public knows, I mean, I think players have an idea. Um, just to give people uh, 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 you know, uh, an idea of, of how, things, how things are done, uh, from what I understand, player agents can request information, salary information on players in the league. So if players really want to know salaries, they can find out salaries. Players already know where they stand uh, net compared to their you know, colleagues in the league. So the union releasing the salary isn't changing that. What, 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 releasing, what the union releasing the salary does is let the public know. So – uh, you know, player X already know is already going to know what player Y makes. But the only difference now is that everybody knows, right? So is that going to make things a little weird? Maybe, possibly. But you know what? I, I, I don't. Th- you know, I, you, I, you've said it more, more, twice already on the show about it being uncomfortable in the locker room and all this and that. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know what? I don't know. These guys know what they make. They know what you, you're telling me. The guys in Toronto. Were, didn't already know that Michael Bradley was on six plus million and Jermaine Defoe's on six plus million. I mean, there there are no like so shocking millionaires. Everybody knows who the millionaires are. Everybody knows who the minimum salary guys are. Everyone knows what the mil- the minimum salary is. So, what's the what's the shock? What's the big shock? I I guess I just I just chose to argue against you on this topic. Also, <laughs> I, I also I also didn't say it twice. I said it in the you know when we when we prepped for the show. I said it then. So I only said it once on the show. So just. Just take it easy, mm-hmm. Ivis. <laughs> well, I will say this: you did mention the the fact that yes, young players are starting to make some money. Yeah, some of them but, are. No, but you know what? That's not new. If anything, the salaries are going down on uh, Generation Adidas and, and the like. I mean, when you want to talk about guys like Danny Mwanga uh, coming into the league making two hundred k plus a year, though those salaries actually have gone down. What they've done is spread it out a bit more. Now you're having more uh, Generation Adidas homegrown players coming in on some pretty decent salaries. But when, we, when you want to talk about the ceiling for those, they, the, the league has definitely push, has been pushing to lower that and, and to try to rein in uh, the, 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 the ceiling on salaries for the younger players. And uh, you know what? Again, this is the year before the CBA. There's going to be a new CBA uh, this time next year. Salary is going to be different. And, and I still firmly believe that we're going to see a, a considerable uh, salary cap increase in 2015. Uh, moving over to Major League Soccer expansion, Ivis, it looks like David Beckham's stadium plans hit a snag. Looks like officials in Miami refused to relocate a fuel spill facility. It would cost $6 million to relocate. Hopefully David Beckham gets this squared away. But, uh, I mean, stadium, hands, stadium plans are already hitting a snag. Uh, you know how it goes. Stadiums are never easy. There's always issues. There's always people that want, uh, you know, they want a handout. They want to, they want, they, they want, it's, it's all, it's all, it always ends up being a little fishy. Now look in Miami, obviously there's not everybody's in favor of this project, uh, that Beckham's trying to push through and it's not a given that it's going to happen. Right. I mean, it, at the end of the day, maybe Beckham has to go elsewhere. Maybe he's going to have to put the stadium in another part of the area. That's entirely possible. I think, actually, I'd say that's more likely to happen than them actually pulling off this port 
uh, Port Miami Stadium project. I don't, I, I, you know, I, I don't think that's going to happen. As much as it'd be great if it did happen, I hope it happens. But I think the odds are against them right now. So we'll see what happens. I think Miami's still going to get a team. It's just a matter of where they're going to put this building. Yeah, hopefully they figure it out. I, I think this location looks awesome. I, I'm still, I still got fingers crossed because I think it's going to look awesome with the same as building. It would, it, it would, it would. But you know what? You don't. You know, just because we would love it, and just because <laughs> soccer fans would love it, and and just because these renderings that were drawn up look amazing doesn't mean the folks in Miami are for it. So if the if the if the politicians in Miami, if the citizens in Miami, they don't want it, they want something else built there, then we're going then Beckham's going to have to look somewhere else. Well, they and, need to be convinced. You and I need to go down there and start trying I, to strong army people. Let, just have Beckham walk around there in his underwear and there you go. You know, why, why don't Beckham walk <laughs> in if people give anything then you and I could, you know, like take someone to the side I, and you know be like, I, you know, be like, give, you know, you know, like give him kind of like the eye, you know, you could like Hold them I, I down and I could say something. I don't know something like I that. I don't care. I don't care if they have a team or not. Oh, stop it'd be nice it. If they have a team, but you know what? They, you know what? You said if, to me. You said to me, if Miami gets the team for sure, you're going to move down to Miami. You said that oh. to me in Phoenix. <laughs> no, I am not. I, I remember that conversation. Why pretty would I leave this? At, why would Why would I leave where I am right now when I have NYCFC coming next year? Two MLS teams, right? Like you know, a stone's throw from where I live, Philly. Uh, a quick drive down 995. DC United, uh, a slightly longer drive down 995. And then New England, about a three hour and change drive up I 95. I mean, you tell I, me, I, you, you would, it was like a 30 minute ramble at like 145 in the morning. I, I don't know. I, you, you tell me. Listen, I'll tell you what. If Miami gets a team, <laughs> that look, if Miami gets a team, the Orlando Miami road swing will definitely be part of my itinerary every single year, as it was back in. Circa 1999, 2000, 2001. Uh, you know when New York used to make because New York, New York used to uh, they used to play Tampa and and Miami in the same road swing. It, it makes sense, right? You you just save yourself uh, and just do the one trip to Florida a year. Uh, and and you you best know that I was I, w- I would take that road trip every year. So I mean, who doesn't want to go down to Florida when any chance they get, right? I mean, come on, let's be honest. But move there. That's a little much for me. What what year was that? Nineteen ninety nine. That's like ancient times, dude. <laughs> what were you in elementary school? I was twelve. Nice. Oh god, <laughs> young, Thanks. young. Yeah. You'll be. You won't be young forever, my man. I know, dude. I'm, I'm creeping up. You're, you're already getting old. You're like getting stomach viruses. And stuff. <laughs> you're, you're breaking down. You're breaking. It's over. It's All over. right, take it easy, uh, <laughs> Ivis. On Wednesday, uh, we talked about this. I can't. I think on the last show or the, or the show before that, we talked about the. MLS expansion team. Oh my god, I just said the MLS. Ugh. Yeah, you get ten lashes. Crap. Uh, we talked about Major League Soccer's expansion team in Atlanta. There we go. Uh, it looks like the announcement will come out on Wednesday. Uh, this is good news, Ivis. Very good news. I tell you what, I can't wait. Uh, I, I, you know, I think Atlanta's going to be a hit there. I think they're going to do. Uh, I think. And again, I know people will say, "Oh, Atlanta is it a great sports city? Is it not a great sports city?" But listen, it's not just about my Atlanta folks. It's about that entire region. Uh, you know, it, so, the, the soccer fans don't just live in Atlanta and the Atlanta area. There's soccer fans in, in, in that entire area. When you talk about the neighboring states, I mean, that's going to be a regional team. You're going to have people that are going to be willing to travel and willing to drive. I mean, people who have never been able to see professional soccer on a regular basis. You know what? Are they going to drive like one or two hours to get them to Atlanta? Absolutely. So I tell you what, I think that team's going to be a hit. Again, it always comes down to 
are the right people in place in the leadership position. So if Arthur Blank, if that's his team, if he hires the right GM, they hire the right coach, and they build a solid team, I think they're going to be a big, big hit. All right, Ivis, well, changing gears completely, we're going to move over to the Americans abroad front. A couple guys scored goals this weekend. Your boy, Juan Agadello, scored uh, for FC Utrecht. Big goal for him. Ivis, a guy that you and I have said maybe has a shot to go to Brazil. You actually said his name right. I think you said his name right. I always say his name right. <laughs> Come on, man. You said his name more than a few different ways. When? Name a time. How else, how else could you say his name? Agudelo. You've definitely I've said never Agudelo. Said, uh, okay. Oh, my Lord. You said <laughs> There's no way I've ever said it like that before. Listen, folks. In the comment section, if you're listening to the no, show. No, that's BS because everyone's going to agree with you. No what, they, no, what I'll ask people to do. Is find me the episode or the episodes. People got better stuff to where, you, where you have struggled with Agudelo's name. Now maybe you've edited those edited those out, and I didn't realize it. But you have definitely said Agudelo's name a few different ways. No, it's all good. Juan Agudelo. We, it's I always say it right. We all know you're linguistically challenged when it comes to anything that's kind of Latin or, or, or Latino. No, we I'm know. just no, I'm just bad with names. Dude, if you, if you meet me at a bar, ask me about five seconds later what your name is. I guarantee I will forget it. I'm just I'm horrible with names. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's yeah, well, there you go. Unless you, no, unless, but, you, unless you have blonde hair that goes down, you know, about past your shoulders, then I will remember your name. Man, your girlfriend's not even blonde. That's pretty bad, oh, there, Gary. <laughs> thank God she doesn't listen to the show. Uh, <laughs> she will know. She will know. Uh, <laughs> wait, what were we even talking about? Oh, Juan Agadella. Yeah. Uh, look, that's a big goal for him. Obviously, he hadn't had a goal in a few months. I don't know what's going to happen with him. I got to tell you because it was very important for him to go to FC Utrecht and go to the Netherlands and have a really big season there, big half season there, to help his case for a work permit in the UK. Because, again, he's under contract to Stoke City. They bought him, they loaned him out, and the plan was to have him come back to Stoke City. Now, if if he has not put together an impressive enough run in the Netherlands, he is not going to get that work permit. So uh, maybe he's feeling that pressure. I know he's feeling the pressure for the World Cup. I know he wants to go to the World Cup. That's part of the reason he went to the Netherlands. And hopefully this is a step for him to get on a run. I think for me personally, I think he will make it to the camp in January, uh, yeah, the camp in May. I think he will be part of that whatever 28-6, 28-30 player group. Mm-hmm. I think he is in that conversation. But you know what? It's tough going in at, at forward, you know. Uh, I think Wondolowski's, you know, doing really well for himself right now. I don't think you can rule out Eddie Johnson, even though he hasn't scored a goal. I think he's doing some good things for DC. But Agudelo, if he can heat up, then I mean, it's all about hitting at the right time. It's all about finding your form at the right time. And I will say this: in my opinion, an inform Agudelo, an inform Juan Agudelo, is a more dynamic option for me than Wondolowski or Eddie Johnson. Oh, but I completely agree. He still has to find that form. He still has to play regularly and get on that consistent level. Because you know what? While his upside may be greater, those other players, Guanajuato and Johnson, have been more consistent. They've been more—they've uh, been more able to find their best form. And uh, so that's the question, right? I mean, Wondolowski's really taken full advantage of every opportunity he's gotten. He scored a goal. Uh, he, he scored the, the equalizer against uh, Columbus today on Sunday. Uh, he's going to be there. You know what he's going to give you. Uh, and I think from that standpoint, there's something to be said for that. So I think he's still the front runner. But if Akadello if Akindelo could keep it rolling and find his form, he'll. I think he still has a, he still has a great chance. Oh, I completely agree on that one. Moving over to England, Ivis Josie Altidore, 
uh, did not dress in Sunderland's 1-0 loss to Everton. We'll talk about them and Tim Howard in just a second. Uh, but, you know, it comes out that he's in, he's, you know, had an injury, but then he's also with, with the youth squad. I was, it's, it's looking like a real mess now for Shozy Outdoor, who is just MIA from Sunderland. I don't know what's going on there. I'm starting to wonder about, the, you know, is he injured? Is he really injured? It's just a little convenient that a week after, you know, he doesn't make the team that plays Tottenham. And on the same day, he goes and, and, and plays in the U21's uh, reserve game, in the U21 game uh, at, at, in Sunderland. Um, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I mean, I wrote a column about it last week about it looks like, he's, you know, it looks like he's at the end of his rope at Sunderland, right? So even if this is the case, even now he now he is injured and now an injury is what's keeping him out. I mean, one way or the, one way or the other, this has been a nightmare year for him. One way or the other, Sunderland is going to get relegated. I mean, it would take a pretty much a miracle right now for them not to get relegated. Uh, so they're going down. You don't know if Poyet's going to leave or stay. Uh, there's there's growing talk, growing rumor that he's going to leave. Um, but if he stays, I mean, I don't think Josie Altidore is going to stick around. I don't. I don't feel like Gus Poyet has really uh, taken a liking to Altidore. I don't think he's, he's he's shown much of an affinity for him. I know he's given him opportunities, not to say he hasn't. But uh, Altidore hasn't exactly thrived under under his tutelage. So I don't know what's going to happen now with Altidore. I would say this, as, as rough a year as it's been, and as much as he might not play much in the next month, uh, the last month of the season, um, I still think that once he gets into the U.S. camp, once he gets around his U.S. teammates, and once he gets the games, the, the, the friendlies under his belt, I think he can still find his form. I, th- I still think the quality is there. And that's what it comes down to. People just – it's easy to forget – the quality that he does have. And it's like, yes, I know he's had a rough year, but does that all of a sudden mean that the two years where he scored 50 plus goals in the Netherlands didn't happen? Does it mean that he didn't leave the U S national team and goals in, in the hex and that he scored in what five straight games for the national team or that he scored a hat trick in, in Bosnia Did all that all of a sudden not really happen. Like it happened folks. The guy can play. He's in a rough spot, but that does not mean he still can't find he still can't find that form when he comes back to the national team. Yeah, I, I just feel bad for Josie, man. It's just like you said, man. It's just a nine more season. It's just everything's going wrong for him this year. When when it looked like I don't know so much promise in August. Well, look, I know I, I will say this: there were definitely people. There were quite a few people who didn't like the move when it happened. Who really thought, oh, what is he going there for? That's a terrible team. And you know what? They, they, it was the the comments were fair. Sunderland was not a good team last year. They you know they barely made it back. See, uh, you know, and, and for me, I, th- I thought some of the signings that they that they made were going to make them a pretty solid team. Uh, and especially in the attack, I thought their attack would be would be pretty good. But obviously, <laughs> the, the signings didn't work out. It didn't click. You, you obviously had uh, Paulo De Canio just have a meltdown and completely lose the team. So. That really set the team back. So it's it's just everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for Altidore. Uh, short of him not getting paid, he's still getting paid, folks. The guy's getting paid big bucks. Uh, and obviously that's that small consolation when you're a professional athlete. you got the World Cup coming up, and that's what you worry about. Obviously, from that standpoint, it still doesn't make that any better. But as I've said repeatedly, 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 it's crazy to me that some people are like, oh, is he even going to make the team? Is, is, is Jurgen going to bother to bring him if he's not playing? Like, People, get a clue. The guy is on the plane. If he is healthy, he is on the plane. 
He like this just boggles my mind that some people honestly believe that you don't bring him to the World Cup because of his struggles in the Premier League. I mean, the Premier League is one of the top leagues in the world, folks. If he wanted to play in a lesser league and light it up, he would do that. If if he was playing in MLS, he would be scoring goals. It's a different level. Marisa Du could not get a minute at Stoke City. Uh, but then he now he's in MLS, and he's tearing it up. He has that quality. Sometimes players end up in situations that – they that you know they, they it not that aren't good for their career. It doesn't all of a sudden mean they can't play. And Maurice Adu is a perfect example. It, it it it's amazing to me how many people all of a sudden don't respect Maurice or didn't respect Maurice Adu as a player because of what he went through at Stoke City because he didn't get games. He 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 barely dressed. He was pretty much off the grid, off the radar for a year. And and then when he came back, the talk was. Well, why is he a designated player? All these other defensive midfielders are better than him, and they're not getting this money. Why is he getting that money? And it's like, are you drunk, people? Like, the guy is still a good player just because he had that, you know, that stretch at Stoke City uh, where he wasn't playing didn't all of a sudden make him not be a good player. Wilson Palacios went through a similar thing. Wilson Palacios is an outstanding midfielder from Honduras. He's played at Tottenham. He's played at some other quality clubs. He couldn't get a game for a year either. And he's one of the Honduras' best players. So uh, you know what? And now look at Marisa do now. He's in the league. He's one. Of the, he's showing to be one of the best midfielders in MLS. So there you go, folks. That, if anything, should remind you that you can't. You got to put it in context. Josie Altador is in a rough spot. He he picked a bad team to go to, but that all of a sudden doesn't mean he's not the player who was scoring all those goals just a year ago. Uh, well, I mean, Sunderland still has a chance. I mean, obviously, they, they, uh, they, they, you know, they, they're two games, you know, behind Cardiff City. I mean, they, they only got, you know, Manchester City. Have you seen City. them play? They, have I you mean, seen dude, them dude. play? They're awful. They got City coming up and Chelsea. They're, Chelsea, City? Chelsea. What? Well, here, my prediction oh my is Lord. they're going to look over. They're going to be like Sunderland. We we got this. And watch Sunderland is going to beat both of them, and they'll be fine. Look, if I were you, if you honestly believe that, I would go Stop online. It. Come on, you think I'm stupid? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> well, no, look, look, Sunderland, they're, 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 it's, and, and I think I speak for a lot of American fans, right? There's a lot of, I know that there's a, there are a lot of American soccer fans who have watched more Sunderland games this year than they could have ever hoped to watch because of Josie Altidore, because they you kept waiting to see him break out, kept hoping that this would be the game he would score, this would be the game he'd get going. And you see them enough, and I know I've seen them enough, they're atrocious and this is what funny to me it's like people want to get on Josie Altador I gotta say I can't think of many forwards anywhere who could plug into that Sunderland team and actually do something and look obviously you know Luis Suarez one of the best players in the world I'm sure no matter where you put him he would find a way to make things happen he he generates some goals but I'll tell you what man like like most other forward it's like who's who's scoring goals there their midfield is just non-existent. Like, you know what? I'm not even going to beat them up anymore because everyone thinks it's Josie Altidore's fault. And not to say he's completely blameless, but have you anyone who's watched them in these last few games now, the Tottenham game and the Everton game, uh, Josie Altidore is not, has not been in uniform. You can't blame him. You can't say, oh, he's bogging down the attack. Where's their offense been? Tell me that, folks. The one goal they did score against Tottenham was get, was courtesy of a defensive giveaway by Tottenham that gave them a goal on a platter. That's it in two games. So I don't want to hear this about oh, Josie Altidore is 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 he's awful. He's awful. He's awful. 
I don't know how many forwards would look good playing in that system and playing in that lineup, playing on that team. I agree. They I mean Sunderland Pass is about as good as my uh, Divas FC team, but enough enough Sunderland talk, Ivis. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, but your team would be a lot more fun to watch. Probably. Uh, moving over, we we just mentioned this Everton. Uh, I mean, they defeated Sunderland. If if the Premier League ended right now, Ivis Everton would qualify for its Champions League spot. Just, just saying that. I mean, obviously there's still games to be played. But, I mean, Everton, Ivis just continues to climb the Premier League table, and they are just having a wonderful season. And Tim Howard is also having one of his best seasons uh, of his career. Well, you know, he posted another shutout. And, uh, you know, I think maybe there are other years where his form overall might have been a slightly better. But as a combination of him and the team, uh, you know, I, you could argue this is the best Everton team that he's been on since he's been there. Uh, and, and they're on a roll. They've got a two-point lead on Arsenal now. Uh, with five games to go. Uh, and, and so obviously, look, you, there's still a long way to go there. There's still work to be done. But Everton is on fire. I mean, they, they're just, their attack's playing well. Their defense is organized. Tim Howard's making the plays he needs to make. And look, they still have some, uh, when, when you look at the, the remaining schedule for them, they play both Manchester United and Manchester City. Look, I know Manchester United, you know, where are they? What do they have left? Or what are they going to give you? Um, but, uh, there's still work to be done there, but the way they're playing right now, I, I tell you what, I think they could win four of the next five games, and if they do that, they're pretty much going to get that Champions League spot. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not Ever, Everton's schedule, they don't have any cupcake opponents coming up. I mean, you're right, they got to take on City, they got to take on United, and they have a whole city, which is mid-table. Uh, they also have uh, Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace which, which which is multi- and in Southampton, too. I mean, all those te- teams are on the, I think the lowest team is 12 in the table, so, so the schedule is not easy. Um, He's keeping it in England. Looks like, well, it doesn't look like he, he is back. Gucci on is back, played 90 minutes for Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I mean, he still has an outside chance of making Brazil, but we talked a couple of weeks ago about his injury. How long could that have been? But nice to see him back on the field playing. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think he's someone, if he's healthy, I think he's going to get invited to the to the camp in May. Um, you know, I just think when, there's just not a ton of center back options, right? And then also, Consider the fact the World Cup experience that he has. I think Klinsman wants to have at least one center back who's actually played in a World Cup. And he's really the only guy that could fit that bill unless you're going to give Carlos Bogonegro a call or Jay DeMerit a call. And those, I don't, that's not happening, right? I mean, I don't, Klinsman's not going to do that. So uh, I think Onye was absolutely has a chance to make it to the camp. Is he going to make the team? I wouldn't go that far. I think he's still on the outside looking in. But you know what? He's got a month to play. He's got, And if he can get into a good level... Uh, you know, he, he, you know, he's missed some time now. If he can get back, find his rhythm, he's still going to have a chance. He's going to have a chance. I, I absolutely think he's going to have a chance in that camp. And I have just one more thing before we close out the show. We got to talk about Champions League. The semifinal draw is out, and uh, looks like we're going to have Bayern Munich taking on Real Madrid and Chelsea taking on Atletico. Atletico continuing their dream season. Do you have a favorite yet? Well, look, Byron's the favorite, but well, I tell you, you what, ha- do you no? Do you have a favorite? That's what I want to know. Uh, I tell you, what, well, I, the Chelsea Atletico series, I, I'm going to love to watch. I'm going to love watching that. Uh, everything is going right for Atletico right now. When you think about, uh, they're in first place in La Liga. They got a three. They have a three point lead now on Real Madrid and a four point lead on Barcelona after Barcelona's shocking loss uh, on the weekend to, to Granada. So. Uh, everything is going, and even even the the whole situation with their goalkeeper, uh, Thibaut Thibaut Courtois, who is on loan to Atletico from Chelsea, and there was there was thought before the draw that oh you know 
he wouldn't be able to play against Chelsea if they happen to be drawn together. Uh, obviously, UEFA stepped in and said that's not happening. He can play against Chelsea, which has still got to be an awkward position for him to be in. But I love the matchup, not only because the both both of the teams are playing well, but you're talking about two of the best managers in the game right now. Jose Mourinho, everything he touches turns to gold against the man, Cholo Simeone, uh, who's just been outstanding in turning Atletico into this force. I mean... Let's face it, Real Madrid, Barcelona have dominated La Liga for how many years now? And he's taken Atletico and just punched those teams in the face. And and now they've taken over. They've taken over. They're, they just knocked off Barcelona. They're riding high uh, in, in La Liga. And uh, for me, man, I, I think Atletico, they seem like a team of destiny. They seem like a team that everything is going their way. And I think they're going to win it all. As much as they probably, when you if, if you're stacking the teams up, you'd say you'd maybe put them fourth out of these four teams. But no, they they they. I think they could do it. I think they could do it. Well, Ivis, that wraps up the show, man. Before Wait, we, uh, uh, well, you're not gonna get, you're not gonna make a pick. Come on, so you can no, I, 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 I don't watch enough Champions League to really make an educated pick. So I don't. Do I'll, I'll sound like an idiot. How about this? How about Bayern Munich plays Chelsea and a non-Spain final? I'm okay with that. <laughs> what are you anti Spain? Yes, nice. I love. I'm, I'm anti. Always... I'm anti dinner at ten o'clock at night and partying until five in the morning. So, who doesn't love that? I, love I that. am. I can't. I can't. I can't stay out that late. <laughs> are you kidding? Oh man, that's the best. That's the best. Come on, man. We that, gotta go to Spain, dude, but, dude. You're you're beast mode when you go out. I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't do that stuff. That's true. I forgot we have been out and you have. Ditched early. I know. I don't want to talk about that. We're not going to get into that. But uh, but yeah, I should have stayed. I should have stayed out. I regret, you know, you, I regret that. All I got to say is you better rest up for the All Star Game in Portland because we will be there, and it will be a good time. Um, it, it's going to be a great event. Yeah. So. Rum, rumor has it that you're uh, you're throwing you're throwing down for a couple bottles. Uh, I don't know about all that. We will have a party. I read that um, on I read that on the rumors on a uh, big soccer. <laughs> oh God, that's really? a huge thread for it. Oh, that's not even. <laughs> Let's not talk about that side. Uh, but no, no, we, 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 we're going to have a party in Portland. That's going to happen. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. And then you're going to be at the Media Cup, right? Are you going to play? Uh, if they don't – see, it's so funny. They always put the Media Cup the morning after the big party night. And I'm sorry, folks. I am older. I'm, an old, I'm, not, I'm not a kid anymore. I can't, I can't do the hardcore partying all night and then playing. I can't, I can't I do that don't either. Care I just can't. I don't care enough. I don't – I. It means a lot more to me to get to get the sleep and get the extra rest than it does to play in a game. So yep. we'll see. We'll that's see. Maybe true. your boy, your year, boy the, Franco will convince you to come. No, out. that's no. He no. Trust me, he won't. He'll, he'll he'll play in it. But you know, the one time they got it right uh, was when they played. Uh, uh, I forget what event. L.A. Yeah, the L.A. MLS Cup. They played Media Cup at night, and it was perfect because it was actually you got to play and then you went out after. It was like that. They 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 got it right. They got. The whole eight nine a.m. thing is ridiculous. I'm sorry, it's just not happening. I'm not. You know what? If I, if I wanted to get up that that early, at, uh, at, you know, at, I'd probably be doing something else for a living. I agree. That's what, that's why you and I stay up till five o'clock recording the show, right? It's four eleven a.m. right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is like this is this, this, and I'm pr- not, this is prime time right now. This is this is when I get most of my work done. I know, I, dude. Me too, man. I, I don't work till after the sun goes down. It's a, it's, it's a weird thing. <laughs> We're vampires, folks. That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, Ivis, man, that wraps up the show. Do I, I think we covered everything on today's show. We we forgot some things, some 
Take two. I, we forgot some things. <laughs> so, so you and I will legitimately do a midweek show this week. I, I think you, we are 99.9% for sure going to do that. I think it's time. I think people have started to ask us about the midweek show. It's about that time. And we need to get some guests. So I think the I feel like the midweek show is the only time we, we, we record at a reasonable hour mm-hmm. where we can get a guest or two. And I think we're going to make it happen. I don't know who we're going to have on, but I'll, uh, the next few days, uh, you know, our, our booking agent slash me will go out and find us a few guests. Uh, well, why don't we ask people if people in the comments could suggest who they want us to get as guests? Uh, no, that's that's pointless. We'll find out who we can get, and then we'll pick the. Why best is that one. pointless? Someone could say, "Go get Shakira." I mean, I'd be okay with getting Shakira. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't mean we're gonna get them. It's like because their name. You're big in time, our... dude. Don't you no. have her number in your phone? No. Uh, I was you're disappointing me, dude. <laughs> you're killing me. Yeah, we don't. What, what do we get her for? Come on. Why don't we get like uh, like Natalie Portman on the show? I'd be okay with that. You're just killing, you're just struggling right now. Let, let, I, I, you know what? Let's hope your girlfriend never listens to the show. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't. No, she will. She's, not, she even, will she's not even a soccer fan. I'm sure many guys who listen. She's to not the gonna show, be a fan of you when she keeps listening to you. I'm, I'm sure many guys who listen it. to the show understand have. Probably have my, you know, where their girlfriends or significant others have really no vested interest in soccer at all. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, it's funny. I'm in the same boat. My wife absolutely could care less about soccer. I, so. I, I was I was at a I was at a bar after on Saturday night, and I was with a couple guys who work for a uh, work for a local college team. And I met this one guy's girlfriend, and you know, of course, all three you know, the three coaches and myself, you know, we talked soccer for like an hour, and like the look on her face was just like, oh crap, here we go. I felt so bad for her, and I was like, "My girlfriend must look like that all the time when I go out with my buddies." Yeah, that's that's uh, you know, those of you who have girlfriends and wives who actually are into the beautiful game, get yourself lucky. Luck. Yeah, yeah, you are lucky. No, but at the same time, uh, you know, there, there's times when you know what I don't want to talk about soccer. Where I don't, I don't want to. I just want to like pl- unplug, watch, watch some you know random show like the gate, like Game of Thrones. I just. Knocked out the, the 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 latest episode of Game of Thrones, and I will say this: there will be no spoilers on this show. Uh, but what an amazing episode! And I will say this: there was an MLS player. I won't say who he was. I won't say who he is. I won't name him. But a certain unnamed MLS player actually spoiled the outcome of this episode of Game of Thrones. And seriously, there needs to be a special place in hell for people who spoil. Uh, TV show episodes, and and I won't oh, say who. Stop it! I tell you what, if that guy doesn't lose followers, uh, I don't know. I, well, not that he has that many, but he. Why? He okay, why? Back. Why you gotta be mean? I'm just saying. Like, how do you do that on the night of the show? Do you do you just spoil it? Like, it's uh, it just. That's like. I mean, I don't. I, I don't know. That uh, uh, that that. <laughs> it's. Uh, it, it's a. You know what? It should be a felony. You should. It should be a felony. To spoil uh, a show on Twitter, I'm just kidding, but it kind of, I'm kind of not. All right, all right. I know I people. Was... I know some people agree with me on this. And look, this it's a little different than a sporting event because I know that, that used to be the big thing, especially in soccer circles. Uh, oh, hey, I recorded the game. I recorded the Champions League game. I'm avoiding. I'm avoiding the score because I want to watch it when I get home. Because uh, that used to be a thing. Like a pretty common thing, and people would get upset if they found out the score. They'd get upset if you spoiled the score for them. And like for me, it's like, act like live sporting events. I'm no like sorry, but we're not going to suspend reality for you. 
so you can kind of like pretend a sporting event, a live sporting event didn't happen. That's a little different. I have no sympathy for people who who, who want to kind of hold like, you know, freeze the world until they can watch a soccer game. TV shows are a little different because you can put that on hold. You don't have to watch that live. And a lot of people do that. A lot of people TiVo shows, watch them a day or two later or a week later, like The Walking Dead. I know you love The Walking Dead. Uh, so, you know, for someone, I would love to say who the player is. I don't want to put him on blast. I'm sure people will figure it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I saw it and, and I saw the spoiler before I saw the episode and I was just like, this guy, oh my Lord, this, I got, I'm going to have to fight this guy when I see him. Don't put him on blast. I'm not, I'm not, you know what? I'm I'm cool with him. Cool people, like good kid. But man, he 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 just. Talks. All right, all right, all right, all right, Ivis. Take it. Can easy. you tell him upset? Yeah, can I can tell you're upset. All right, Ivis. Before before you do anything reckless and give the person his name, let, let let's wrap up the show. Uh, and yes, I don't want I don't want I don't want you calling this this poor kid out. No, it's all good. It's all it, it's it is. You know what's funny? I don't honestly, I don't even care about get about getting the show spoiled because I like I still it's not you know because there's people who say oh if if if. If a, a game gets spoiled or if an episode gets spoiled for me, then I can't watch it. Like I, that seems silly to me. I'll watch it just because you you want to see what happened. You want to see how things turn out. Of course. Out. So I, I wasn't that upset. I just thought it was just hilarious because it's just like, like how clueless are you that that's gonna just absolutely freak people out? It, it, it you know you're, you're saying I'm upset, but trust me, I'm really not upset. But I can guarantee you, there's some some people who might have seen that tweet and were like this jerk like and much worse like mm-hmm. so listen folks the moral of the story is do not spoil tv shows on twitter or people will wish death upon you aka i miss all right buddy uh, <laughs> uh I, nah, I come on man. i know i know i'm just i might have unfollowed the guy but i don't know oh, all right oh, all right I, I don't you know what i don't want to know <laughs> i don't want to get involved i just uh, host the show i just all i do yeah. is host the show that's all i do there you go. Ivis, all right, buddy. I'm going to let you get some sleep. You and I will come back for a week's show. Is that good? Yes, we will be back. Our show will drop. The next show will drop on Wednesday. Uh, so we'll have a show on Tuesday, and hopefully we can get a few guests. Yes, I'm down for that. So, Ivis, you get some sleep, man, and I'll, and I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the comments. Please sound off in the comments for everything Ivis and I talked about in the show. Ivis and I will be back again later this week. This is the SBI Show. <laughs>